We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Start me up with Roisin Clerick. You're very welcome to the Start Me Up Business Programme here on Community Radio Kilkenny City on the sunny, dry October bank holiday afternoon. During this second wave, second lockdown, and again, businesses are forced to close their businesses and some are able to offer click and collect service, but many other businesses are not in a position to do this. Here on the Start Me Up Business Programme, during the second lockdown and the second restrictions, we are going to promote, highlight, many practical things you can do as a business owner for your business behind the scenes to either improve your business growth with ideas to self-invest as a business owner and personally for your business to stay relevant during this time. A little later on the program I will be speaking to Maureen McGowan discussing the art of virtual presenting for entrepreneurs, startup businesses and MIT. SMEs. I'll also be joined by business coach Aoife O'Brien. And Aoife O'Brien, um, on the topic of for issues with startup businesses and SMEs, on how to identify and overcome imposter syndrome. And many startup businesses, we think, oh my God, you know, the belief systems come into play and we think, you know, are we imposters or, you know, are we good enough or can we do it? And so, therefore, we've, that's a very interesting um, topic as well. So, we'll be talking to Aoife O'Brien about that at the end, uh, say about 4.40 this afternoon. But before that, there's a vital importance for uh, from government and locally for us all to buy and shop locally. And rightly so, as many of our listeners know, we here at Community Radio, Kilkenny City, have been really throwing out that message and really pushing that message. Really, from the very beginning, that has been Community Radio's uh, motto for, I think, since uh, conception. It's equally important for us all as well to support and follow local bloggers. And on the line to discuss the importance of bloggers is my first guest, Dr. Anne-Marie Ryan. Dr. Anne-Marie Ryan is a medical doctor and is also happens to be a local blogger on Instagram. You're very welcome to the Start Me Up Business Programme. Thank you, Roisin. Thank you for inviting me. Very pleased. Uh, we're delighted that you, you, you're able to come, especially on this bank holiday, to actually speak to us. Yes. D- uh, Dr. Um, Anne-Marie... Uh, Houston Ryan, tell us, you are a medical doctor. I am, yes, and I'm a hospital physician. I work in uh, mainly in Clonmel and South Tipperary General Hospital, and uh, I also laterally are doing some schools clinics work as well because they're on a bit of catch-up because of COVID. Yeah. Yes, and like that in itself is a very high-pressured and a very important job and a very busy job, but you're also, in your spare time, you're a fashion blogger. 
Yes, I am, Roisin. <laughs> in my dotage at my advanced years. Yeah, I have um, I've always had an interest in fashion ever since I was a small, small child. I well remember my parents used to have these kind of invoice books and I kept drawing on them. On them. They, they, they had to throw them all out at the end. I kept fa- drawing clothes and trying. Oh, I was really into clothes. But anyway, make a very long story short, my job is obviously medicine. But uh, about eight months ago, I've been kind of not... I've been late enough coming to the social media. I'm not really, really into it because I'm really, I'm just so busy and I'm also really interested in reading and cooking and everything. And I just took a notion last February that maybe I'd like to spread my kind of ideas further. And I had no way of doing it other than, like my own children were fed up listening to me, preaching and this and that and the other. And I love trying on clothes and doing various things. But I said, I find it, but I needed an outlet and I decided to join Instagram. Now I'm not on Facebook and only on Instagram and it's been the most wonderful experience for me I absolutely love it love it I do all sorts of things I'm really into the fashion as you've said I'm, I do a lot of baking um, I do a little bit of health stuff because I'm into bowel health because that's what I do in my profession and it's just a lovely platform in order to get your message across be it um, just in a small way or in a bigger way with business you know and you're a medical doctor, so you really fashion is your passion. And some, you know what, it you you can it does really sort of it gets you out of maybe it's one way for you to de stress as well. It is absolutely because I'd be I would have a stressful enough job. The hospital job I have is pressurised and stressful. I absolutely love it. Don't get me wrong, but it's very difficult. And I'd be then on my way home thinking now you know what, I might make a reel. And the reel is the new things in Instagram where you've got 15 seconds or 30 seconds to do what you have to do. <laughs> I, I, and you just, it just puts me in a good mood. To be quite honest, it puts me in a good mood. And the first thing you think of is the music that goes with it. And then you kind of work around the music. And uh, I'd have a notion, like I did one there about an hour ago on ankle boots, right, a 30-second job. And uh, I did one yesterday on fur coats. I wouldn't do very much um, uh, during the week because I'm really busy at work. But at the weekends, I'm on catch-up. And it is really good to de-stress. Really, really good for me, yeah. And, you know, so that's the when and the why. But how did you get into blogging? Well, I suppose I have a house full of 20-somethings here, right? And I'd have been watching them. They're they're mainly on Snapchat and that kind of thing, not so much Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, they'd be there and the ding, ding, ding on their phone. I'd be giving out to them saying, would you ever put that away? And I'm, since you left the room, that phone is ding 20 times. And then, do you know what I said last February? If I don't beat them, I'll join them. And I just took an ocean and did it. And... I set it up, well, actually, one of my sons, Leon, was home late one night. He'd been on the town. I'd say he had a few drinks in him. But anyway, I hadn't been sleeping. And I went down to the kitchen and I said, you know what, Leon? Will you set me up on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> I knew what to do, not an ocean. Anyway, Jenny Rackers, he put me up and he put my name and my date of birth and my practice my PPS number. Jesus, the people would have known everything about me. So, like when I realised what he'd done, I took a lot of that down. But I did start it from there. And I'll tell you, Rosie, it's a real learning curve. You, you, you learn, you know, you do your little story, you do a little video. You'd be shy initially, but uh, it just it, it, it grows from that. It actually grows from having no people to having your own family following you. I have quite a loyal following of people. Mainly, I would know. Um, I wouldn't have an awful lot of people that would be total strangers to me. 
so I but uh, you know it is growing all the time I, I kind of you know there are some people that obviously earn their living blogging now I don't do that obviously but if you were earning your living you'd be going in all these loops and everything to get more followers but I actually don't do that I just do what I do the content and the people kind of the follow me like to see it but literally it was like that he set me up one night apparently it's very easy to do if you know how you know the 20 something year old there they were born with a computer in their hand they're brilliant at it really yeah and so tell us you know what what, what bloggers bloggers have become so valuable now to local businesses yeah. can you tell us about that they're hugely important. Uh, there are a few bloggers, and uh, like I don't mind giving some of my friends' names because they're absolutely fantastic. There's a lovely girl in Callum who bids fashion and frills, and there's a girl out near a Brianne Castlecombe, a Breeders Step Out in Style with Breeders. And, uh, and I would do it, but they even more because they're not kind of, uh, I suppose they're, they have a bit more time at Instagram, they're longer at it. They would give shout outs to local shops. So literally, they'd say, This is, you know, this, look at this, this is now. We would, of course, done an awful lot of pennies and stuff like that because pennies are so affordable for everybody. But they will do shout outs for different and they'll do try ons and, and, you know, say, This is this and this. Is that. And you can just look, scroll through your phone at night and see this and this is a local shop and they're, this lady is trying them on and they're lovely and that's the price. And Paul's are great at it. Paul's have a lovely girl called Gail who comes down and does videos for them. And um, you'd look at those and you'd order the clothes then and now it's uh, you can order online because everything is going to be online now, routine for the next while and even when things go back. Online shopping is going to be hugely important from even the high street shops. They will be more and more, I would think, of your their percentage of selling will be online. And, you know, I think it's a really, really good way of getting out your online business is having bloggers try your clothes on and show other people. I mean, some of them have thousands and tens of thousands of followers and um, people look at them and then they buy the clothes, you know. Um, it goes across the board for every business. I mean, my friend can with her bookshop. She's just fantastic. And, you know, you just she will get you any book you want. And, you know, you do a little blog for her and it just makes all the difference to these little businesses. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yes, I know, because Karen Carly uh, should be a regular uh, guest on the Woman to Woman show and the Start Me Up business fantastic. program. And, yes. yeah, like you, like you said, I went to everyone and I couldn't get a book. No, because I yes. can phoned me about a couple of weeks later, Roshan, I got that book. It was hard, but I got it, you know? <laughs> and it's wonderful. And uh, like, it, it was just wonderful. And during the first lockdown, I live about uh, maybe two miles from her and we'd each walk halfway and she'd give me my books and I'd give her the money. That was the way it went. And she would do anything to get books to people. So, you know, just just the, the social media, Can's books would be on social media. Paul's very much so. All the little boutiques are doing fashion shows and that. And, it's just lovely. And for the likes of me, who absolutely have a passion for clothes, I love putting on clothes. I love modeling them. I modeled quite a bit when I was younger, not so much anymore because I'm older now. But I would, um, we would do a fair bit of modeling. And recently, myself and my Insta buddies, we just met through Instagram, did a, a fashion show for, um, we raised um, 5,000 euros for cancer for, for the Irish Cancer which was wow. lovely by just trying on clothes in Closet London gave us clothes to try on for them so it's just a lovely way I, online is lovely and much as I absolutely adore going shopping don't get me wrong I absolutely do <laughs> but unfortunately 
our new life is going to be very much that we will be buying online and we're giving business we're giving business to DPT anyway and all those companies they must just love this I'd love to shares in them and um, they're all local as well you know I know they're national but they're local as well there's all local drivers and it's great to give the, the business to them and one thing um, Anne-Marie what I really value about local bloggers Local bloggers can give more detailed information about local shops that, say, outside bloggers cannot give a local town or city. Yeah, yeah, that is true. They do, of course, because they're, that's their interest and they are local. And, you know, it's just such a valuable service, really. I um, did a, a recent video and I put a Folkster dresses on it. That's a great local. That's a great local success story. They're a fantastic shop. And, uh, yeah, because you're going to have an interest in your local ones. And what's more, if you do buy from them here in Kilkenny, you can click and collect, I'm sure, and you don't have to pay your postage, which is another advantage. So it, the local blogging is really, really important. Yeah, well, very much so. Dr. Amory, Eustace Ryan, we are running out of time, but you're going to come on and be a regular because we've got so much to talk about of women's health and about businesses and blogging and mental health for business owners and startups. So, Look, we're delighted to uh, start this relationship with you here on Community Radio Kilkenny City and the Start Me Up Business Programme. And thank you so much for taking the time of your bank holiday to speak to us today. It's a pleasure, Roisin, and thank you for asking. Oh, the pleasure's pleasure. all ours. Uh, and <laughs> thank, thank you. you so much. That was Dr. Schuster's, uh She's just Ryan there and she is a medical doctor and also a fashion blogger. And coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to a very interesting lady, Maureen McGowan, about virtual presenting and soft skills. So do stay tuned. You're listening to the Start Me Up Business Programme with Roshan Cleric. You can text us on 86 We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. You're listening to the Start Me Up Business Programme with Roshan Cleric. You can call us on 56 you're very welcome back to the Start Me Up Business Programme here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Don't forget, we are streaming live on crkc.ie and just press the button and the listen button and you'll be listening to us live. You can text us into studio on 86 or you can phone in to 056-77-6277. And... Uh, well, before the break, we were talking to Dr. Uh, Amory Eustace Ryan there and what a, an inspirational lady, a medical doctor and now a fashion blogger. Now moving on to many business owners are building an online presence to pre- presenting video clips in a conference call virtually online or even more so during this COVID unprecedented times. We 
in a, we are, as my next guest said, we are in a whole new world at the moment. Virtual meetings online, presentations, connecting with one another on Zoom calls. Microsoft Teams, go to meetings. The list is endless, says Maureen McCowan, McCowan from Soft Skills Success. And uh, Maureen is on the line to tell us business owners how we indeed can build our confidence in all our video presentings for our business conferences calls and to be present without the pressure. Maureen, you're very welcome to the Start Me Up Business Programme. Thanks a million, Roisin. Delighted to be here. Thanks for the invitation. You're very welcome. Maureen, b- before we begin, I wonder if you can just tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do. Thank you. So, as you said, my, my name is Maureen McCown, and I unlock speaking confidence. And that's the, the tagline that I use across a, a range of services that I offer. My background is secondary teaching. I was a, a secondary teacher for a long time in my career. Spent five lovely years in Kilkenny, actually, teaching in the presentation secondary school in Lockboy there. And a couple of years ago, I decided that I wanted to do something different, and I set up a business doing training in communication and presentation skills. I had 10 years of Toastmasters experience behind me, as well as time in the classroom, and I felt that I was able to use the skills that I had in a different setting. So that's, in a, in a nutshell, what I do and who, who I work with. I work with a, a range of business owners and business professionals, helping them to communicate clearly. Right. So can you give tell us then, you know, more than ever, business owners, we need to deliver an effective message that connects with our audience. Can you tell us about that? How do we improve that? The couple of things from what you've said, there is the key part to connecting with the audience. And first of all, thinking about who is the audience? Who are you going to be connecting with? So I was listening there to your interview with Anne-Marie. I'm going to check her out afterwards on Instagram to see. But we'll say if Anne-Marie, if anybody else is blogging or putting something up on Instagram or Facebook, they need to have a think about who is going to be watching their video or reading that message and what information do they have that's going to be relevant to them. So regardless of what the format is that you're doing, whether it's a short video post or a long presentation, your first point that you're thinking of is who is the audience going to be? What information do they need? What can I tell them? And how do I build that connection with them? Right. And, you know, say somebody who, who's just starting off in business and not just startups, because really most business owners, you know, going on virtually online, unless you're very young, you grew up with, uh, with online and social media. But many businesses, social media is all new to them. So they might not feel as confident as um, going on- online on social media. So how do they improve that confidence? A lot of it is practice and it's it's getting out and doing it and getting started and it can be quite daunting. I know when I set up my business in February of 2019 and I realised that I had to go onto social media and to get myself known and out there because nobody's going to find you unless you put yourself out there and at the moment social media is our, our main option for doing that and it, it's quite daunting. It is a challenge and it's a matter of getting over yourself. That was my key phrase to myself in the beginning. I was putting up videos with video tips. And it took me, I remember one video, it took me 24 takes before mm-hmm. I was happy with the end result. Now, that's not 
feasible to be able to continue doing that. So there comes the point when you just say, look, at this is not going to be perfect. That's okay. I'm a work in progress and just keep working on it and practicing on it. And it does get easier with time as you're moving on. It does get easier. And if you take a look at we'll say videos that you're looking at on social media, people aren't looking for perfection. They're looking for the real person and who the person is behind the business. And that's flaws and all. It's making mistakes, stumbling over our words and being able to not take ourselves too seriously, move on and just keep communicating and think of who it is that you're speaking to. I found at the beginning when I was doing videos and I was using my laptop and I had a little smiley face on a post-it note stuck behind the camera on the laptop. So that meant that I was focusing on looking into the camera rather than onto the screen. So I was effectively making eye contact with people. But I also had the little smiley face that was there and that would remind me to smile. That there's a person the other end of this who's watching you and you want to portray yourself in the best way possible so that you're smile and you're warm and you're friendly. And like I said, don't take it too seriously. You'll make mistakes that's fine, the next one will be better. Yes, that's one of my bugbears where a lot of people, they get in front of the camera for their business and they're so tense and they're not, even their facial expression is tense and they're not smiling. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it's difficult and it can be difficult when you don't have an audience in the room. What, what I tend to do is start the video running for maybe 20 seconds before I start to speak and in that I'm actually smiling and getting myself smiling and then I start to speak and then when the video is done I cut out that beginning part where I'm doing my my warm-up smiles if you like just so that it seems more natural then when I'm actually starting into it. Yes and so you know you as you said you were a teacher and you're involved in coach uh, in um, Toastmasters so you know what was that pivotal moment where you said right I'm going to start up my own business? It was three year, coming up on three years ago now, my youngest son started into third level. And as both when you have a, a moment like that, particularly I think as, as women, a lot of us say, oh, hold on, here's a bit of time for me now. What can I do that's different? And I had always wanted to teach. I'd never had any other plan B. So part of it was, well, I wonder, can I do something else? And what can I do? Can I make a success of something else? So it was curiosity more than anything else. And it is a luxury in teaching that you can take a career break. And I'm very aware of that. So I did have that safety net, if you like, that was there to think, if this doesn't work out, I can go back to teaching. But thankfully, it's going very well. And uh, I'm loving what I'm doing at the moment. But it's good to step out of the comfort zone. I mean, and Marie was talking about you there a few minutes ago and about the learning curve that she's been on with Instagram. It's the same for me. The past 18, 20 months has been a huge learning curve. The amount of people that I've met and the amount of things that I have learned has been amazing. Could you maybe give us three um, three things that you have learned um, since you started your business? I think one of the big learning, like everybody since COVID has hit, one of the things that really has hit me is that, you know, you can do anything and put your mind down to it and just go for it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't matter. So many people, and I'm thinking of coaches and trainers and so on, who moved their, suddenly had to move their programs online. And it was trial and error for a lot of us. And we were just finding our way. And 
it pushed us into doing something that maybe we wouldn't have thought of doing before. I know I'm delivering courses and delivering um, training were across the country now that had been on the long finger for one mm, thing. So that's, yeah. that's one, one thing that I've learned, you know, that just you can go for this, you can do it and what's the worst that'll happen if it goes wrong? You know, you learn something from it. Secondly, I think is when you're starting out in business in particular, you need to have a strong network and build up connections and those connections can be built online and they can be built going to networking events and I know that you had Samantha Kelly from the, the Tweeting Goddess on last week where she's built her online community you can get great support from others but it's very difficult if you are on your own going through you know all the different issues and problems that can arise when you're start starting up a business so having a support network is great and having support from family and friends as well is something that's really important to have people that are there that can understand that yes you are going to be putting a lot of time into this and it is going to take up every thinking moment for an awful lot of your days and to understand it and are there in your corner yes and from all your clients so far what has been maybe the three top issues that they have with their confidence in presenting there have been one group that I would deal a lot with are business owners who are doing their 60-second pitch, the networking pitch, which can also transfer to speaking on video and doing social media posts and so on. And the big issue that people have there is how do they condense their message into 60 seconds, 30 seconds, short sound bite. How can they say all that they want to say in a short period of time? So when I'm working with them, whether it's one-to-one -one or in a workshop scenario, it is working through that, finding out what their core message is. And when you have that single core message, that can make things an awful lot easier. It would be the same for a lot of people who are trying to create a longer talk, maybe for a conference or for a longer event. And it's focusing on who's the audience, what information do they want to get across, what's going to be relevant to that particular audience. And the big issue there, if you're preparing a longer speech or a longer talk, is to think, what message do I want the audience to take away when I have finished this? So rather than me saying, well, I'm going to go and tell them all about my business, that's not giving them a key message. So what I could say instead is, at the end of my talk, the audience will understand the reason why I set up my business and what services I offer. Now I'm clear on what my message is going to be to the audience, and that will help me to structure my talk better. And then just thirdly, with regard to the confidence side of things, because I have the tagline Unlock Speaking Confidence, and that ranges to a whole variety of different issues so it's not always somebody who's nervous about speaking in front of a public sometimes somebody can be very confident standing up and speaking but they're not confident about saying what they need in an allocated time or it could be somebody who is so nervous about speaking in public that they won't even speak up at an internal meeting and they need confidence to help them to speak up to make their point to make it clearly whether it's speaking internally or to clients or to senior management. So there's a whole range of areas, Roisin, where the confidence area in speaking falls. And 
I love working with people, helping them to unlock that confidence. And if somebody came to you and said I had no confidence, you know, how would you first build up that rapport with them? How would you give them that confidence? Very often people aren't as as bad, and I'm using that word very carefully, but as bad as they think. A lot of people feel, oh, I'm, you know, I really get really nervous and I stumble over my words and so on, but we're very critical of ourselves. And sometimes when you're listening back to somebody else and you're taking, extracting from it what they have said and how they have said it, when you're able to point out what they did well, that gives that level of confidence. I remember I was, I was working with a client a number of weeks ago and he was saying that, you know, he felt that he didn't speak very well and he said, others get up to speak at the meetings that he was involved in, was in a, in a community setting. And he said, some of them are up and they're standing for 10 minutes, whereas he said, I stand up and I make my point very quickly and I sit down. And I said, but that's actually good because if you're standing up and speaking for 10 minutes, people could be switching off. They're not necessarily listening to what it is that you're saying. If you can make your point succinctly, then you've got you've achieved what you want because you know yourself when you're at a meeting and people are just going on and on and on because they like to hear the sound of their own voice, then that's not necessarily communicating very well. So sometimes it is starting back to find out what skills the person already has. What are they doing well? It could be that they are able to tell stories very effectively to communicate their message or like in that case for that gentleman, that he gets his point across very quickly and very succinctly. And that's the starting point because I or anybody else can't give somebody confidence. It has to come from inside in yourself. So that means it needs to be developed and to be nurtured. And that's why I use the word unlock because it is something that's inside in people and it needs to be found, nurtured, developed and help them to grow. Well, uh, Maureen, thank, we're running out of time, unfortunately, but it's been really interesting speaking to you. And maybe we'll talk to you again in the near future about these, uh, this issue for um, business owners coming up in the future because everybody's changing and maybe using this time actually to develop these skills so they can improve their online presence. Yes, indeed. And thanks, thanks a million, Roisin. It's lovely chatting to you. Oh, Maureen, you're more than welcome. And if anybody was listening to you, how can they get in touch with you? My website is softskillsuccess.ie and I'm on other social media. So Instagram is uh, Maureen Soft Skills Success and LinkedIn Maureen McCowan. So I'm across all the social media to be able to find me there. Well, that is great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come and speak to us, especially on this sunny bank holiday afternoon. I'm sure there's lots of things you've been out enjoying the sunshine, but you came and you, you spoke to us today. So we really do appreciate that, Maureen. Thanks a million, Roshan. Okay. Talk to you, talk to you soon. And that was Maureen McCarran from um, Soft Skills there. We'll be going to take for a short commercial break, but we'll be back and we'll be talking about imposter syndrome for startups and SMEs and people in business. What is it and how, how, what is it and when do we do it and how do we know if we're doing it? And we've got lots more to tell you then right after the break with business coach Aoife O'Brien. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. You're listening to the Start Me Up Business Programme with Roshan Cleric. You can text us on 086-353-7782.
You're very welcome back to the Start Me Up Business Programme with me, Roshina Cleric. Coming up next, I am really looking forward to this conversation, just like I have done all today. I was really excited about today's programme uh, with all my three guests. But, you know, for many startups and for many, many entrepreneurs, when we start up, we go, oh my God, you know, am I fake? You know, how am I going to get out there? How, you know, and all these self-belief and self-limiting beliefs do come in. And sometimes people say, fake it until you make it. But then all these other issues come into line. And on the line now, I have business coach Aoife O'Brien. He was founder of the EmpowermentCoaching.ie and he was in the process now, like many business owners, in rebranding her business to a happier at work. And so Aoife, you're very welcome to the Start Me Up Business Programme. Thanks, Roisin. It's a pleasure to be here. Aoife, you have a very interesting message within your coaching, and that is about imposter syndrome. What is it? And, you know, first of all, we get there. Can you tell us who you are and what you do and why you do what you do? Absolutely, yeah. So my background, I worked in the FMCG. That's the fast-moving consumer goods industry for around 17 years or so. And I worked in Dublin and London and Perth and Sydney. So I worked pretty much all over the world and I had some experiences at work that caused me to kind of question how things are done at work so I um, I did a coaching diploma and I started a master's in organizational behavior and I started my business about a year and a half ago as, as you mentioned empowerment coaching and I'm doing a rebrand at the moment to really focus on being happier at work. And that's all anybody wants to have, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know, if you're happy at work, you're happy at home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. So tell us, Aoife, what is imposter syndrome? Well, it's it's kind of like self-doubt, but it's it's more than that. So we all have these talk in our head, you know, these beliefs that we have, but, oh, maybe I'm not good enough to do that, or maybe... but. Imposter syndrome goes a step beyond that, and it's really about thinking that other people are going to find out that we're a total fake or a total fraud, and we're afraid of putting ourselves out there because we think we are going to be judged by other people in the same way that we judge ourselves. And many startups and business owners at the very beginning do have these issues. Absolutely, yeah, and I think... Once you step out of your comfort zone, once you start really putting yourself out there, of course you're afraid of being judged by other people. You're gonna, you know, it's this, you're, you're convincing yourself that, you know, if I do this, they're gonna realize that I have no idea what I'm talking about, that, that you know, they're gonna catch me out. And, you know, if, if you make a mistake, anything like that, and, you know, similar to what Maureen was saying earlier, um, you know, when you start doing social media and things like that and you're trying to perfect things and you're trying to, sometimes you procrastinate as well. So you put things off, you, put thing, you, you, you prevent yourself from doing stuff, from putting yourself out there because you think that other people are going to catch you out. And, you know, you have to be, everything has to be perfect. Otherwise, people will realize that you're not really who you say you are. or You're not as good as, as you make out to be. And then avoidance strategies come into play. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So avoiding putting yourself out there, you can avoid sharing your ideas, you're procrastinating, you know, leaving things till the last minute. So if you have an opportunity coming up and you leave everything to the last minute and then you can, you know, it, it all goes horribly wrong because you've left things to the last minute 
and next thing you know it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that it has gone you know you thought oh well i knew it wasn't going to work out anyway but you really didn't give it the chance you didn't you never stood a chance by leaving until the last minute so tell us if who gets imposter syndrome well, it's funny because it's, people tend to associate it with women, but it's actually, it impacts on both men and women. And the, the statistics will have us believe that around 70% of people will be affected by imposter syndrome at some stage in their career. Now, when I, when I talk about this, I, I often wonder, you know, who are the other 30% who never get it? Because it's, it seems, some, to me, it seems something that's very relatable at least if you consider the the entirety of your career that you would thirty percent would never get it. Um, so I do find that a little bit hard to believe. However, it's it impacts men and women and the the thing about it is that if people don't know what it is, you know, they'll they'll get in touch with me and say, Thank you just for giving a name to this and I, I posted something on my LinkedIn there a good number of months ago now and so many men commented or private messaged me and said, thank you so much. I didn't know that was a thing. And I thought I was alone with it yeah. as well. So oftentimes we, we suffer in silence and we're afraid that if we admit to having imposter syndrome, that people will then think that we are imposters because we're, we're voicing it. And they, we think that they're going to then realize we've kind of given the game away, if you like, um, but actually it impacts on more people than, than you would realise. And I suppose for me, it's about getting that message out there that it is, it is a thing and so many people suffer from it. And you know, we're, all hu- we're all human beings at the end of the day. This so is this, we yeah. can't be confident all of the time because there's, there's the difference between confidence and arrogance. But, you know, so sometimes, you know, that once we know, I always say once we, we can name it, we know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, give it a name. And I often talk to people as well about like actually giving it a name. So you you know, so Roisin, you might name your imposter as something that you associate. Like I give my imposter the name Sandra. So you know, if if I hear something that's like, oh, who do you think you are? You know, going going on the radio like that, or who do you think you are um, to to take on that opportunity? And you have to kind of stop and acknowledge, first of all, and, and be aware that that's, that it is imposter syndrome that's happening. And, you know, th- thanks, Sandra, and, and be appreciative because your imposter is just looking out for you and trying to keep you safe. And so, you know, thanks, Sandra, for your, for your, um, for your input there. But actually, I, I, I choose to to believe something else. Because mm. it reminds me when you just said that, because I have a Roshan A and Roshan B. When I was studying my NLP and neurolinguistic programming, that was one thing was like that. So I gave the self-doubting person, the overprotecting person, I gave that the Roshan B. Yes, so yeah, yeah. That so was the really, Roshan B, yeah. Yeah, and you can think of it as like the angel and the devil on your yeah. <laughs> as well. So the angel is being nice to you and reassuring you and then the devil might be saying oh Aoife come on who do you think you are doing doing that and who do you think you are and people are going to find out and all that kind of stuff so it's all this mental chatter that's going on. So if what is the downside implications for business owners like pricing procrastination and not taking up opportunities tell us about that. 
Well, well, this is it. So it depends on how it impacts you. It can impact people in, in multiple different ways. So one of the common ways that it impacts people, they don't want to be seen as the face of their business. So they'll hide behind a logo or a brand. They won't put their, their own face forward on social media. They won't do video. And as Maureen mentioned, it's really about connecting with the person, with the individual. And it's important to share the person behind the brand. So that's one aspect. Then procrastinating, you know, similar to what I had mentioned, leaving him for the last minute and then it all goes horribly wrong. Or just, you know, just not putting yourself forward for opportunities. If you see there's an award coming up, your imposter might step in and be like, who do you think you are putting yourself forward for, for an award? There's no way that you're going to win that. Um, you know, and we tell ourselves these things. And then when it comes to pricing, you might be inclined to lower your prices or to give discounts or to believe that there's something wrong with your pricing. And therefore, or if people aren't paying the higher prices, you must be a total imposter, you know, things like this. So it can show up in, in a few different ways. And that's undervaluing yourself as well. Exactly. When you When you keep your prices too low, thinking yeah. that you're being competitive, you're actually through that imposter syndrome of them limiting beliefs, you're actually undervaluing yourself. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what are the upsides to imposter syndrome? I mean, I like to always think that there are some upsides to it as well. And part of that will be you're relatable to other people. If you show that level of, of vulnerability, other people can relate to that. Like as soon as I started speaking about it, people would would message me and say, thank you so much for naming it. I have that. I didn't know it was a thing. So it makes you more relatable. It makes you more humble as well. So there's this element of humility. And when we can show humility and vulnerability, it really escalates how well we can relate to other people and, and build relationships with them as well. And building relationships is vital for in business and, 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 and connecting with them relationships because that can be... All, something the, the the imposter syndrome could be something that inhibits uh, a business owner or startup from building uh, relationships can't it absolutely yeah you know if if, if you kind of if you're telling yourself that you don't really belong in a certain place or or in a certain network or with certain people or that if you say too much that you're going to be found out and this is i mean this is yeah. a crucial thing isn't it that you're going to be found out if you even open your mouth or if you start sharing your ideas or something like that. But it, it really, it makes you not really want to connect with other people in case you do get found out. You know, in your head, you're saying that you're going to get found out. I know, I think about that every day I'm on radio. You're <laughs> <laughs> going to find me out one yeah. And this is it, you know, and if it, it's not just, I, it's not just ordinary people either that get it. Like celebrities have come forward to say that they, they suffer terribly from imposter syndrome as well. So Tom Hanks is one example, Saoirse Ronan, um, you know, another example, and um, David Tennant as well, who played um, Doctor Who on, on the TV. You know, so so many people suffer. They think they're going to get this proverbial knock on the door that says, um, you know, right, David, your time is up now. It's time to hand it over to the real actors. You've had your fun. And... Uh, you know, so it's it's not, there's no one immune to it. And yeah. you're not going to reach a certain level of success where you finally think, oh, I've made it now and no. I'm not an imposter <laughs> at all. It's something that you need to manage ongoing because the further you progress in your career or your business, you know, each time you, you 
reach a new level of uncomfort, uncomfort, uh, uncomfort. So, you know, when you stretch, when you stretch that comfort zone, that's when it's going to start rearing its ugly head again. And you need to be able to manage it at each, each step that you take, each kind of level that you go up, if you like. So, Aoife, what are the five types of imposters? You were telling me there was five types of imposters earlier. Can you tell us what the five different types are? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, these will be relatable. And they say you might fall into one of these categories, but oftentimes I, myself, and my clients would be able to relate to a few different ones of these. So, first of all, you have the perfectionist, and that's the person who wants to make sure that everything is perfect. So, as uh, Maureen was saying earlier, taking, you know, 24 takes, was it on her first video? I do tend to be a perfectionist, but when it comes to video, I'm like, I'm one take wonder. I don't want, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be looking back through it again. Um, then you have a superhero. So that's the kind of person who, they might be really good in one area, but they see someone else and that other person is really good in another area and they feel maybe they're a fraud because they're not good at multiple different areas all at the same time. They want to be brilliant at everything. And you just cannot be brilliant at everything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And just trying to be good at everything is, it's a real struggle. And it's hard work. Have, it's hard work, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you're focused on your strengths, I suppose, and be grateful for the things that you're really good at, then you have the natural genius. So this could be someone who in school, they would have got straight A's, they did really well in college. Everything that they put their hand to tends to come very easily to them. And if they try something and it's hard, then they think, oh, I must be a total fraud. They're going to find out I'm, I'm no good at this and I'm going to get found out. And, uh, you know, so if they try something that's hard, they tend to avoid that and they won't. They won't go near that because they think they're going to be found out as a fraud. Mm. Then you have the soloist. And the soloist is the kind of person who refuses to ask for help. Because if you ask for help, then the achievement is not your own. And you've got help and therefore you couldn't have done it on your own and you must be a total fraud. Um, and that's something that I can definitely relate to. And I'm sure a lot of business people can relate to that as well. And it's, it's knowing that you can ask for help. It is okay to ask for help. And oftentimes the people who help you even recognize within yourself how much that you have achieved, you know. Um, and then the last one is the expert. And that's the kind of person who wants just one more degree, just one more qualification, just one more training before they will feel comfortable to call themselves an expert. Otherwise, if they don't have the answer, immediately they must be a fraud. And, you know, when people ask them questions and they don't know the answer, then they feel that they've been exposed in some way as um, not knowing everything. They feel that they need to, to have all of the answers. And you know what? We all can't have all of the answers and we can't know everything about everything and be experts at everything because... You know, nobody nobody knows everything. We're learning every day. And like, if I'm sure you believe, uh, will agree with me, so, you know, making mistakes and it's the positive learning from mistakes and that's wisdom and knowledge. This is it. And it, to be honest, Roshin, it probably took me a while to get there myself. I was always very hard on myself if I made mistakes, if I was standing up delivering a presentation, for example, and I made a mistake or I stumbled on my words. But now, you know, similar again to what Maureen had said earlier, 
I, I think about how I did and I think objectively and I think, well, what can I do to improve the next one? But I'm never, ever hard on myself when, I, when things haven't gone absolutely perfectly. And if I don't know the answer, it's, it's always fine to say, listen, I don't know, but I'll, let me look it up for you and I'll come back to you on that. And thank you so much for asking that question because, you know, it just, it's another opportunity to learn, I always say as well. So, Moin, we've got a couple of minutes left. What can we do about this uh, imposter syndrome? Well, I always use, I always like to talk to my clients about the ABC approach. It's easy to remember ABC. Who doesn't know their ABCs? And it's so. I'll go into each one in detail. It's A for acknowledge, B for believe, and C for call to action. So, at the very outset, it's really about acknowledging that you know it is what it is, and acknowledge that it's imposter syndrome so give it a name you know oh that must be my imposter speaking and you can even as I mentioned earlier you know give it an actual name and so just acknowledging you know okay so is this the imposter talking and you can also acknowledge what specifically is the imposter saying so is there a specific angle that they're taking what what exactly, what words is the imposter using? And write down those words. And I'm sure you've seen yourself, Roisin, with this idea of limiting beliefs. So getting them all out there to begin with. Mm. And then we move on to believe. And that's really about believing in yourself. And some people find it really hard to believe in themselves. So you can always ask for help from other people. So, you know, asking for feedback from other people, like what is it that I do really well? If you're a bit sensitive, maybe don't ask for constructive feedback, just ask for positive feedback. Mm -hmm. But you can also take those limiting beliefs that you had from the acknowledge section and turn those into positive affirmations that you can repeat. So positive affirmations that are true for yourself and that they're in the present tense. And then you have C, which is call to action. And this, you know, there's nothing that's going to change unless you actually take action. So really clearly identify what is the first step that you need to take in order to manage your imposter syndrome or in order to start to overcome your imposter syndrome and if you need to get help with that then ask for help and if you make mistakes along the way just acknowledge that that's a mistake and it's a learning opportunity for you that it's not a complete and utter failure and you haven't just been completely exposed as a fraud as you as you would have used to think Yes, and do you know what? These are this is very vital for startup businesses and for other businesses as well because it's like getting out there, and we all now have to. The social media is overwhelmed with everybody claiming them to be experts in this, experts in that, and it's about really just not getting um, overwhelmed by that and believing in yourself and just concentrating on your own business. This is it exactly, yeah, and. You know, like we were talking about earlier, it's about being, it's about connecting with the individual in the business and being that face of the business as well. So people buy from people at the end of the day. They do. And you know what? That's what it is. And people buy from people and customer service. But unfortunately, we've run out of time. And um, I I could talk to you for hours on this uh, subject matter. (laughs) Likewise, Roisin. I love talking about this. But Aoife, we're going to keep in contact with you. And maybe you might come on because you've got some other great interesting topics that you you coach on and you talk about in in your public speaking. So uh, we'll be getting to know you more during the process. I'd be um, delighted to come back. Delighted to. And Aoife, but we wish you well, stay well, and stay safe. Thanks so much. Thank if you anyone so much. wants to know yes. more about imposter syndrome, they can go to the website imposter syndrome.ie. 
Perfect. Well, Aoife, and I'll keep the, the, your contact details there. Aoife, thank you so much indeed. Thanks. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.